Welcome back. It's March 1st. Rabbit, rabbit, Sean. Rabbit, rabbit. We are in episode 110 of the Listening Podcast. Uh, you know, Jake, I think the, the music year is finally starting to heat up. Mm. It seemed like it was hibernating a little bit for the winter. January, February, those are rough, rough months. I I would be hibernating if given the opportunity as well. Oh, yeah. as uh, Definitely. Like, if I didn't have responsibilities, I me too. Is it just me, though, or was January and February of this year maybe not as bad as years past? Granted, my circumstances what? were a lot different than in years past because I was basically, like, on vacation. But Right, right. Uh, I think that we're just getting older and it's going faster. In my opinion, for me, yeah, it just yeah. zoomed by. True. When I was thinking about today, I was, today I was at work and I was like, oh, shit, it's March. Yeah. Like, that... Seems impossible to I know. me that it's March, and and time goes so fucking fast, dude. It does. It's it's crazy. It's scary. Um, but it, like I said, the music year is finally heating up. We have what is most likely, I think, our biggest uh, release week coming tomorrow, Jake, on Friday, okay. March second. So we'll get to that a little bit later with release radar, and we'll talk about what we're excited about. But. Uh, let's let's dive in with a couple hot thoughts very, very quickly, just a couple albums that we were talking about. Uh, first of all, I wanted to just say I've really been enjoying that new Car Seat Headrest record, Twin Fantasy. I've been listening to that a lot. It's long. It doesn't feel as long as it is, though. And it's less immediate than Teens of Style or Teens of Denial. I always get those two mixed Styles up. Styles first, Denial second. Okay. It, it's a little more dense you got to work a little bit more, but it is rewarding when you finally really dive in. I, I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, I have too. And like the thing that always strikes me about Carsey's headrest and Will Toledo in general is the ability he has to, and he has to really break me down every time because like even with Teens of Denial, I remember I like I would look at that album through the first five listens. I'd be like, oh, like an, a buck ten. Yeah, I gotta like work my way through this. Like that's a long listen. And every time I would, I'd be like, oh, like this song's awesome. Right. There's not a wasted moment on this song. Right. This song's great. Right. And it happens again with this one. And I agree that it's a little less accessible. He's they're doing really, really cool stuff with it. And um I I think I'm like still a listener or two away from feeling <laughs> sure. like I have these huge takeaways yeah, from it. Yeah, yeah. I know I really enjoy it when it's on, yeah. and um th- there are plenty of moments where like I feel like there's a point in your the your experience listening to an album where three or four listens in you get to the point where you're like oh yeah this thing mm-hmm. I'll have to make a note to remember mm-hmm. this thing and I'm getting to that point with yes. it now and there's so many of those moments there's a ton and that it's like an album of all those moments and that's what I mean by it's less accessible where it's not obvious right. what those great moments are and I texted you about this uh, yesterday I think uh, one of my favorite songs is sober to death uh-huh. and there is this awesome line on there that goes like, if you're going psycho, I want to hear it. Um, I want to hear it if you're going psycho. Or like something like that. It's just like these cool turns of phrases that he has like everywhere on the album. Yeah. And then there's this really nice like almost country twang like solo that I'm just like, what, what is this dude up to? Like this yeah. is awesome. He strikes me as one of these like he just has... It just like a, a non-stop font of creativity. Yeah. Where it like yep. it's almost like he couldn't stop if he wanted yep. to. And you can tell from early in his career because like this dude, what did he have? Like ten Bandcamp albums? Yes, prolific. Yeah. Bandcamp or MySpace or yeah. whatever the fuck he yeah. was using back in the late 
like when did he start? 2010? Uh, yeah, I think like the early 2010s is when he started so putting out a like no, it was all it was all like Bandcamp releases. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's just like you 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 listen to a Car Seat Headrest album, and this one's no exception. Where it's like. I feel like I get to the end, and I'm like, that was just, like, so many ideas yeah. and so many thoughts, and I feel like it's even more clever than I realized. Yes. And this dude won't quit. Like, no. there's, like, I know there's more weaved through it than I even know yet, lyrically mm-hmm. and musically. Um, Will Toledo's the real deal, dude. Like, he, this guy he is. is the real deal. Twin Fantasy seems, and I didn't get this the first couple times I listened at all, because I was like, this is too much. This album like really dives into like mental health struggles. Like the last record did too. This one does in like these subtler, almost like weirder ways. Like I love this one is pretty obvious. Um, where he's like, where he yells like, I don't want to go insane. Yes, like I was like, like that kind of shit's awesome. And there's so many more examples of dude of that. Uh, what does it say about me that when he I, that part and then he says I don't want to have schizophrenia or whatever yeah. I hear that and I'm like dude I'm scared of that too yeah I'm like I'm also scared that yeah. that's gonna happen to me yeah because I like I feel like it is like not necessarily schizophrenia but it's like I feel like I'm crazy yeah sometimes I feel like I'm teetering on the brink of that yep and I hear that and I, I that's like one of the most empathetic moments of the album for me where I'm like dude fuck yes I, I know. know. And there's, I know. there's a lot of those little lines on there that that you know pop he's like up. exactly our age, right? Yeah, he's born two days before you. No shit, I did not know that. Yeah, he was August twenty third of uh, ninety two. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Almost exactly your age. Yeah, Will Toledo, uh, one of my favorite records of the year, actually. It's it, uh, yeah, man. I, I I can't wait to spend more time with it. And um, I mean, like, look, I've been telling Sean about this, but like, I've been fucking busy at work lately yeah. and like to be honest, like that's where i get the bulk of my music listening done so i i've listened to this album a handful of times and i feel like i i am really enjoying it i just need more time with it too yeah i gotta uh, yeah. spend more time absolutely with it. absolutely um so a couple albums that we both checked out this week that i just wanted to quickly mention i don't know that we have a ton to say here but um, this new Vundabar record it's a boston indie rock band they, yeah. they put out an album called smell smoke it's like 10 songs, what is it, like 35 minutes, something like that. 35, yeah. Very easy to listen to. A lot of hooks on there. Uh, it's kind of funny, too. It is funny. It's um, really catchy. And it's like, so I kind of expected since it got a lot of buzz through the alternative. Yeah. And guys like, I think Ian, Ian Cohen, Cohen was yeah. backing this one. Yeah. Um, I expected kind of an emo release. I don't really get the sense that that's the case. This is sort of like a, a little bit... Sort of experimental-ish, like poppy rock indie type of yeah. thing with with like some edge to it. There's yeah. a lot of distortion. There's some like definitely some punk influences. Yeah. Um, a couple of my favorite songs on here are are Harvest mm-hmm. and and Big Funny. Those are some of the ones that I think have like the the catchiest hooks or little moments that I really have latched onto so far. On yeah, there. and uh, I, I really enjoy those as well as the opening track Acetone and then the single. Uh, tonight I'm wearing silk. Just easy to listen to, catchy stuff. I, I didn't expect it to be as catchy as it was. The first listen, I was like, oh, I'm hooked. Like, this is good. This is a really good album. It is really good. Um, I feel like I see this everywhere, and, and call me on this if it, does, if it mm-hmm. doesn't seem accurate to me. Do you hear, like, little elements of Wolf Parade in this sound at all? I do, and I also hear Interpol. Yep. yep. I hear I, both those. I yeah. agree with you. And, like, because I... 
What was the other thing that I thought sounded yeah, like you Wolf do. Parade? Yeah, you do think that. Uh, but, but like it was... It, it, it was, was true, though. It did sound like it. It was something that came out towards the end of last year. I don't And it I don't was something where in the Pitchfork review, I think Ian Cohen or whoever wrote yeah. it, was like, it sounds oh, like Wolf uh, Parade. Oh, Kara Kara, right? Yeah, Kara yeah, Kara. Yeah, there were parts yeah. where I was like, oh, that's a little Wolf Parade-ish. And right. I f- felt that on this... And I was just like, dude, do you just think everything sounds like Wolf Parade? <laughs> well, like, if you're going to pick a band that is, like, the definition of indie rock, yeah. it's Wolf Parade. And this is kind of like... Do you know what I mean, though? Where, in like, that same vein. Wolf Parade does this, like, slightly distorted, a little off-kilter... Yeah. Kind of, like, a little whiny. It has its foot in emo. It has its foot in indie. It has its foot in just rock. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. kind of juggling all that shit. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like this is doing a similar thing. It's yeah. like the same thing. I think it's like lower stakes. It's lower stakes. It's also not... It's less like angular yeah. and fucking like mathematical and less than like Wolf Parade. less like layered yeah. than Wolf Parade is. But I know what you mean. There's I, just, I, I would agree. There was a hint of that and I had to question myself. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think that makes sense. Okay. I, and I did, like I said, I did get a, an Interpol vibe on certain songs as well. I would recommend checking it out if you, if you like any of what we just described. Um, the other one that came out, Jake, and I only listened to this uh, one time, is this new Turnstile record, Time and Space. And the reason why I checked it out, because the alternative, the Ian Cohens of the world, they were hyping this up. They really, really liked it. Uh, Pitchfork gave it, what, a 5.1? and they, 5.4, I think. They said it was like... It was basically like a, a conservative record, they, like in terms of like it sort of was like leaning towards the right. Oh, I didn't. That even is like what they meant by it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even read the content. That of the it, review. That it was like a right wing record, like posturing as not that. Oh, okay. I just I I'm not saying what you're saying is not true. I'm just saying I didn't actually. I literally didn't see that. I didn't read I, this. I just saw the feedback on Twitter from gotcha. the people who really did enjoy it. I saw that they seem to be mocking the idea that this is a quote unquote experimental album gotcha. for this band. Okay. Also, no. Also, yeah. and like, um, it seemed like they thought. Like the the storyline around this album is that they were like taking risks or something, and okay. that it was like the, them making a big play. This album is like one. It's like a. It's basically to me a straight ahead punk record, yeah. like true punk though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind that like as much as I want to be cool and love, I don't. Same. If I'm honest Same. with myself, Same. where it's like a guy screaming in a way that's basically not melodic. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like and it's not stylized screaming. Right. It's not like screamo. Where like you're doing, you're making your voice sound away. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I hit my mic. It's the kind of screaming where it's like that's your voice screaming. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's it's a little much. It's too much for me. I'm not saying it's bad. I, I can s- recognize it's good if you like that. It's just that's not always what I want. I will say that I there were moments I listened once to this. Yeah. And there were moments where I was like, okay, like yeah. I could kind of dig what they're doing here. And I haven't gone back to it because it's like, frankly, I haven't been in like the fucking mood. No, 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 I haven't either. You really got to be in the mood. For and I just it. don't think I'm going to be in the mood that much. I'm not either. Before we move on, this pitchfork feels, at least to me, as not relevant as they've ever felt, or well, or like as different in their criticism or or perspective. Than mine, it, it's very, very different. It seems. I think lately, I, I think I agree with that, and I also just think that like they were sort of just we've been following Pitchfork pretty closely. Like I think if you were if you were a listener to this podcast and you had like a criticism of us, or if you were going to like pick out themes from mm-hmm. this podcast, it would be like oh like they follow Pitchfork 
and um, they have and like have sort of always followed it. Mm-hmm. And we've been, we've been keeping in like sort of tabs on what Pitchfork has to say about music yeah. for so long that like I feel like we're just sort of on to them now. Like, right, right, right. That, that right. feels like an arrogant thing to say, <laughs> right. but like I also feel like I see a review they put out on an album. I'm like, of oh, fucking course they said yeah. that for yeah. this reason, this reason. This. Like I right. knew that they'd fucking say that. And I think our our perspective on music has kind of widened beyond the scope of what Pitchfork is willing right, to do. Right. And we are less inclined to just blindly follow what they say. And we're like, well, no, like I actually listened to this record and I loved it. And you guys gave it a shit score. So what does that say about you guys? Or, right. you know, so I think, yeah, we're cut. Kind of, our paths are sort of diverge. And look, they are owned by Condé Nast. I'm sure they have all sorts of hidden agendas and what they're trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, who they're trying to align themselves with and everything like that. So I'm sure that all plays in. Well, it's like, look, you, in certain ways, too, you have to call a spade a spade, to mm. use a, fam- a, a, a cliched phrase. Yeah. But, like, I like I respect Pitchfork, and I actually, I've always had a love-hate thing with them, yeah. frankly. Because, yeah. like, I... They're gonna put out. They're gonna give good reviews to some albums I'm gonna like, mm-hmm. but like plenty of albums I love, they give shit scores yeah. and they do it in a way that is really pretentious, yeah. really holier than thou, and kind of annoying to read. Yeah, it's the this perspective of you're dumb yeah. if you think this is good. It's like mean spirited. It is, and it's. Like, I don't get down with that so much. Right. Which is interesting because in the after show, we made disparaging comments about Facebook use and watching the NFL. Dude, so, I, I stand by my comments on Facebook. I do, too. I, think, I, I really do, too. I think Facebook's fucking it's evil. trouble. I do, too. I do, too. A uh, couple new songs that came out very, very quickly. Remo Drive, one of our favorite uh, emo bands who kind of broke out last year. They just signed to, is it Triple Crown? I think it's Epitaph. Epi- okay. Is it? Am Ep- I thinking of a different band? I'm not sure. They signed to a label. I because think they put out Greatest Hits, their debut album, just by themselves, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, this new single, Blue Ribbon... I guess it's off of it. What's going to be an EP? Oh, cool! Called okay. Pop Songs, dude. The the cover of this thing is awesome. It's this yeah. pink background with like a hand opening a can of pop. Yeah, and it says Remo Drive on it, and it's, it's like cool. 90s font. It's really cool. It kind of has like an Andy Warhol yeah. pop art feel. Um, I really really like this song. Yeah, it's I did really too. really catchy chorus and like the like um and in the verses like I really like the chord changes that are going on here. Like I think this the the dude who's sort of behind Remo Drive. The lead singer and guitarist, I presume. Yeah. Um, he has an interesting perspective to me. It feels like he's coming at music from like he gets lumped into emo, but I feel like he has bigger aspirations than doing just emo music. Like I saw some yeah, interview yeah, he did yeah. where he was like, "We take just as much from Weird Al as we do from yeah, emo." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "That's kind that's of that's really funny cool. and also really cool." Because, and I, actually, you can get that sense if you listen to Greatest yeah. Hits. If you listen to this, like they're also trying to be funny and tongue in cheek. Yeah. And he has a really good melodic sense. He writes these yes. catchy, really interesting songs from a structural standpoint. I'm pumped for this. Really quick side note about Rainbow Drive. Did you see that they ditched their drummer? No, I didn't. They It's just the two now in the band. Interesting. Um, and they didn't get a, really a great explanation as hmm. to why. Is it bad that I just assumed it was sexual misconduct? Uh, that's the first thing I thought of. And again, it's not. Right. And no one has said that, so I don't want to... But I don't want to say you can't help but just think that, given you know everything that's happened in the across the entertainment industry over the last year. So yeah, yeah uh, but it's too bad that that's the immediate reaction. Well, I just immediately was thinking, I was like, oh, like what did this dude do? Who, what, what woman did he hurt? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, like, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. And, and again, to be clear, 
he didn't. Right. And that's not what happened. It seems like it was just a disagreement in the yeah, band. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the other new song that came out was a new Churches track uh, with uh, Matt Berninger from The National, actually. He guests on this track. Uh, they have a new album coming out May 25th. This is the lead single from it. Um, I did listen to this once. It was pretty good. Uh, I liked Matt's vocal on here, juxtaposed with the very kind of like mousy, high-pitched Lauren Mayberry vocal. Um, I do have to say, though, I didn't love that last Church's album. I haven't been like very interested in listening to them at all since like 2014, probably. Right. I can't say I'm super excited about this. I think this type of music had a moment, like Purity Ring Churches, in like 2012 to 2014. Yeah. And then that moment kind of passed. Does I, that ring true to you, or is that just me? No, I know what you're saying. I think that it, it was sort of like the next phase of like what happened with like Passion Pit yeah. type of bands yeah. and stuff. And like, yeah, I sort of agree. I think that, that the it didn't help that the second Purity Ring album and the second Churches albums were not as good. Right. Um, I will say that there were but moments But was on that them. because that sound is just diminishing returns? It's Maybe. like, well, you know, you just did this on both your first albums. Maybe. Um, did, I haven't had the chance to listen to this one yet. Did, any indication that they're changing it up in any way? or? Um, maybe less big, if that makes sense. I Which I think is that. like what needs to happen. I, I heard from big friend of the pod, Spencer, who... Um, texted me about this when it came out today he was underwhelmed it well that's kind of what i mean by less big they don't like go for it they're not like oh here's this massive hook it's yeah. kind of more like subtle dude which i actually like that was my favorite part about it i feel like i get down with that i was like oh. because like i at least generally like churches and i root for them and like yeah. i think they're a cool band and i love matt burninger so i, I can't wait to check this out yeah yeah um, it's it's a decent song yeah uh, okay, let's dive in, Jake, to our think piece conversation. So we kind of previewed this last week. Yeah. When we talked about MGMT, we were saying that MGMT is a band, and in particular, their first two records are albums that seem to have a little bit more importance to us than maybe the larger musical world. And, and, and to give more context to that, the, the way I'd explain it is like when Oracular Spectacular came out, Sean and I, and many people our age, at the time we were, what, 16? Well, when it came out, we were younger, but when we got into it, we were like 17. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge deal to us because we were exposed to less music back then, and it felt like this huge, like, this amazing album that was doing different things you hadn't heard before. Um, when in reality, if you, with more context and more time, you realize, like, yeah, it's a very nice album, it, it's doing really cool things. It's not as important as you thought then, right. when you were younger. And it's interesting, there's, there's, um, I was thinking about this, and as a general note, I realized that, like, there sort of aren't a ton of these for us. Like, I know, we have, I was thinking that too. We have examples, but what, and again, this is, I think, part of, like, not everyone listens to music this way, but I've always been really cautious about, like, making sure the albums I listen to are considered good. Me too. As embarrassing to, as that is to I, I do that with almost all media, yeah. uh, all pop culture. I'm like, is is there a critical consensus behind it one yeah. way or the other? And if it's positive, I'm more likely to seek it out. And I, I don't really like acknowledging that because it, to me it's like a little embarrassing not to just like, like why not just make your own fucking I, opinion about it? I get called out for it that a lot by by people. Um, 
Right. Yeah. Well, when it like makes it's kind of silly. It can be, but it's like I for some reason I was always that way. Like when yeah. I was a kid, when I was in high school, I was like, what albums do I get into? It's so, like I need some. I need a baseline. Right. And so I'd look at like the 500 greatest albums of all time list from Rolling Stone. Right. And like as a result, that's sort of how I have carried forth with that. So, but there are some examples. I think there's some funny ones. On there, list. there are some funny ones. Want to just go back and forth? Let's go back and forth. Okay. You, you kick us off. So I, th- this one is kind of a, a, a double here. It has to do with the killer. So everyone knows Hot Fuss is like the album. It's got Mr. Brightside. That had like a cultural moment. People get down with that. What people don't get down with as much is their second album, Sam's Town, which is actually my favorite Killers album. And then also the compilation album, Sawdust, as well. This is all like B-sides and like cast-off songs. When I was listening to this when I was 15, I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Like, this is great stuff. Looking back, I'm like, oh, this was just a B-sides album from The Killers? Like, really, dude? You got that into it? I love this album. I was like, there's so many good songs. I'll still get down with this album. With both of them. I love Samstown. I love Sawdust. I just love The Killers. But in the grand scheme of, like, the musical world, Samstown is not looked at with much love. Love. And no one ever talks about this 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 compilation album and what happens too is if by the, if, if you listen at the right age and at the right time in your life and it becomes important to mm-hmm. you there's really just no removing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you can't you're not going to right. like no one can convince you later in life like it isn't good cuz like the way your brain has formed around it you just like it now. yeah exactly um so my first ones are kind of jokes but they're they're real um and i'm going to group these first two together yeah. cuz it's like the earliest example of this i can think of um when I think the year was 2001 or two, maybe even 2000, and the movie Osmosis Jones yeah. came out. <laughs> it came out on, I think it was DVD we might have had. It could have even been VHS. And yeah. what came with it was this like bonus CD sampler thing. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, dude, is like I looked into this because I was like, is that even a real thing? Like, why did we have that? Yeah. And it was like I looked on Wikipedia, and on Wikipedia it's like the, uh, the Osmosis Jones soundtrack, and there, on the very bottom of the page it was like bonus CD sampler thing that like came with the DVD, and I don't remember the whole DVD or CD, but I remember Satellite by POD being really important, and so yeah. it's the Osmosis Jones. Soundtrack, like okay, and like a lot of listeners might not remember Osmosis Jones, right? Because it's a, like at best a C movie, <laughs> right? Like like a basically bad animated movie, right? Like there's there's like there's charming parts, but it's not great. Chris right. Rock plays like a blood cell. <laughs> Have you seen this movie? I haven't, but I remember all the promotion for it when we were kids. It's like a it's like one of those movies that goes between live action and animation. I think my parents were like, "You're not gonna go see that." Right, because, <laughs> I think they understood. They were like. This isn't worth like anyone's time. I think it was like also like a touch. It was slightly edgy. edgy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Rock played Osmosis Jones. Yeah, Um, it's entertaining when I was a kid. There are like truly gross scenes. Bill Murray is the guy whose body they're inside, and there's just truly gross scenes of him eating food and stuff. Um, So that's one where like that is the epitome of something that like truly doesn't matter. Right. But it right. has this impression in my head, and I remember <laughs> right. listening to it. The other for me are now uh, the Now compilations. Yeah. Now that's what I call music. Four and five for me. Volumes four and four five and were five. big ones. They were big. I would have to look at the track list to remember yeah. exactly what's on them. I know Blue Dabba D was on one of them. Oh. Which was big for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. One of them yeah. had It's My Life. 
um, by Bon Jovi. I think I might have had this one. Um, or my sister. My sister had four. Yes, she had four. And, and that was a big one. And I, I'm trying to remember. I think there was an Everclear song on one of yep. them. There was like yep. they, at the time they were huge for me. Oh yeah. So that's sort big, of like the first big one. hits. Yeah. So the other one that I have on here, Jake, it, this one is on both of our lists. Green Day, both American Idiot and more like weird, even weirder, is 21st Century Breakdown, the follow-up to American Idiot. So when American Idiot came out, it was actually it was very big. It, right. it was big. I think people look back at it now as like, oh, remember when we used to listen to Green Day? Like, oh yeah, that was like kind of embarrassing. I still fuck with American Idiot and love that album. Dude, I think it's great. Those albums are great, and like I, I still really enjoy them. Twenty first century breakdown. Twenty first century to. breakdown, though. I loved junior year of high school. Listened to it a ton. Looking back, that album's not very good. There's good songs on there. There's a few good songs on there. Overall, it's like it's too long, and it's like they're trying to do this rock opera thing they did on American Idiot to, to diminishing returns. It like doesn't hang together. No. And like also, like songs like Twenty One Guns don't do it for me anymore. No, I mean it's not enough. Like it's like it, it's too reductive. Yeah, and simplistic. Yeah, and um. I mean, American Idiot is in some ways, but I feel like the songs are more there on there. Although, dude, if you really go back to 21st Century Breakdown, there's a lot of bangers on that Oh, album. yeah. There's some yeah, really, yeah. Like, Horseshoes and Hand Horseshoes Grenades. Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Um, um, the song, 21st Century Breakdown. Both the Viva La Glorias yep. are awesome. Yep. Um, know Your Enemy is a good single. It is a good single. Um, I uh, uh, I actually like Last Night on Earth, too. Yeah. It was like a ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, might not like it as much now. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's one for me. Um, couple albums from everybody's favorite '90s jam rock band, Big Head Talk the oh. Monster. This is such a Jake centric yep. one. It's absolutely, and that's what we're talking about. It's like the yep. so the album Sister Sweetly came out in the early '90s. That has Bittersweet on it. That's like their one ever almost hit. It was kind of like a radio hit in the early '90s. Yeah, you might know Bittersweet listeners. Okay, what you don't know is any songs off of Riviera. <laughs> Riviera is an album that, if it's possible, made as little an impact on the world as an album can make. Like, seriously, dude, like, I've tried, like, looking into... There's, like, nothing written about this album. There's, like, virtually nothing out there about this album. It got, like, bad reviews. But I'm, not, I'm like, fucking serious, dude. The yeah. first five to seven tracks yeah. in this album are really, really good. How'd you get into this? My dad bought it. Okay, When okay. I was in fifth grade... Uh, over the summer, he bought this record because he liked Big Head Todd when he was like younger. Yeah, and I'll buy their new album. So yeah. he, he picked it up, and it was on in the car all the time. Yeah, and it's a product of having heard it a lot then. But I'll, I'll, like, I'll go to bat for those songs. There's really good songs on Riviera by Big Head Todd and the Monsters. I have another one in Audible, real quick. Beating this reminded me because my dad had this record when we were younger. It was an Art Garfunkel solo album. It was called Breakaway. It was his first release after leaving Simon yep. and Garfunkel. There's actually that song, My Little Town. He yep. had Paul Simon come on. That's on that album. He does an awesome cover of uh, Disney Girls. He does a cover Dude, of Disney Girls I Only Have song. Eyes for You, which is, fun fact, my parents' wedding song. Oh. Uh, so I would always hear that. I was like, oh, like, yeah, Art Garfunkel. In reality, it's like Art Garfunkel was like, he didn't really have a, that great of a solo career without Paul Simon. You Dude, know, that, like, that's an awesome one. So that was, that what was, was the a name good of one. the album? Uh, Breakaway, I think. Breakaway. Yeah. Okay. There's some good songs on there. Is it my turn or is it your turn? Uh, I'll, I'll uh, you, you go ahead. We mentioned uh, MGMT already. 
uh, which is on here. Yeah, um, and I also mentioned Green Day. So th- with MGMT, Oracular spect- Spectacular, congratulations, I think, are more important to me and us than probably the general world. Yeah. Um, one that I know is on your list, The King of Ling- Limbs by Radiohead. Yeah, th- this is interesting because remember when this came out? It was 2013, uh, right? We were in college? 12. Um, came 12. Out, 11. I, yeah. Oh, my God. This album came Jesus out in 2011. Christ. Um, and it was like, it, it's certainly not panned because like you're not going to pan a Radiohead no. album, but it got the Radiohead equivalent of being panned. Yeah. Because it got like in the 70s generally. I still see takes online. Like Stephen Hyden was saying he's like it's their worst album. I disagree. I think King of Limbs is better than Pablo Honey and I I actually think it's better than A Moon-Shaped Pool. I went back, I re-listened to A Moon-Shaped Pool like last week. Yeah. It just does not do it for me. That's and so interesting. King of Limbs, I love. It's like short. It goes by quick. There's awesome fucking songs on here. Dude, Lotus Flower, yeah. uh, Codex, yeah. Separator. There's awesome awesome songs on here. I don't understand why this gets Panned like it, it just, or, or like I, I with think, the, why it has the reputation it has. I think it's seen as slight. It's really good. It's I agree with you. I think it's like it's seen as a slight entry in an amazing discography. Yeah. I love the King of Limbs. Um, I am. I think we officially have different Moonshade Pool takes. Like you, at this point, do you really like it? I like that album. Yeah. Okay. I like, I that like album. it. Yeah. I, do you like King of Limbs better? Well, it's like King of Limbs was so important to me in 2011, and like and yeah. it's, I've been, I've had six years with it, and I've had all this time to like digest and like sort of have it in my life. So, yeah, it's probably more important to me. Okay, and I probably would like. Okay, right now, fair enough. And I'm not saying I'm not saying Moonshade Pool is bad. Yeah, I I, I just, know you're not. I just don't. It just something about it. There's a few tracks on there. Where I'm just like. There's awesome, awesome songs like yeah. Bur- like Burn the Witch, True Love Waits, True Love Waits. There, there's great, great songs, but there's a few on there where I'm like, this isn't holding together as good as I want it to. It right. kind of reminds me of Hail to the Thief in that way. There's okay, and what I I would definitely cop to the fact that like, yeah, I have those same thoughts sometimes when I listen to a Moonshade Pool, and I think people got a little swept up in the narrative of it. Yeah, it's probably five to ten percent. Not as good as people say. Yep. I will give you that okay. 100% Thank of the time. And I think that Tinker Taylor, Soldier Man, whatever, blah, 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 mm-hmm. Spy, that song is lower tier Radiohead. Yeah. And so is, um, uh, what's that? There's one like near the middle. Not Identikit, that's awesome. Not The Numbers, that's awesome. It's one like right before that. Uh, it has a weird name. It's like the fifth track. Is it like Desert Island Disc no, or something? No, I like that song. It's right after that. It has a really odd title. I, we probably won't remember it. I don't remember either, but I know what you mean. It, I think the uh, the track listing could use some editing and or different order. Um, here's another one for me, Jake. So everyone knows the band The Verve. They have that song, Bittersweet yep. Symphony. That album, Urban Hymns, actually had a little bit of a moment in the 90s. This album, though, Fourth, came out in 2008. F-O-R-T-H, right? F-O-R-T-H, Fourth. A yeah, decent, like, good pun. Good pun, awesome album cover. It's like these clouds. I, I don't know why I bought this. Oh, I think it's because Rolling Stone gave it a good review, and right. I, I didn't know yet that a good review from Rolling Stone actually meant that it was probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked up this album at Newberry Comics. Yeah, I got super into it, and I would still like listen to some of these songs now. But Fourth by The Verve was like a big, like I'm still pretty young. 
and don't really know what's what yet, and I'm buying this album, and I maybe shouldn't be. I never listened to that record. Um, Some good songs in there. Um, here's one that actually doesn't fit this bill, but on the, another one that's like albums that got great reviews from Rolling Stone, but then I listened to and didn't like as much yeah. as I thought I should based on the review. Um, My Morning Jacket, Z. Yeah. I've never liked that album as much as it, it gets a reputation. Right. And then um, that, what was that album? Uh, Yaysayer. Oh, there's there's like five amazing tracks on Odd Blood. Yeah. Which is that album. That's there's like album. five great tracks. Right. And then I never want to listen to all of it. Right. That's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about albums that are we like more than like we should. Not that we like less than we should. Um, that, okay. that'll, be, that'll be the next one. Okay. We'll, we'll run it back again. That'll be the next one. Um, okay. Next on my list, I have uh, by Beck. Guerrero. Yeah. Modern Guilt and The Information. All yeah. for me are albums. Um, are all for me are albums that are like really important and I, I loved at the time. So I also have Guero on my list. Here's a scorching hot take for you. Yeah, go ahead. Beck, uh, Guero is my favorite Beck album. That um, okay. I think a scorching hot take would be it's his best. Full stop. Okay. Uh, all right. Which speaking of the weird Radiohead song is called Full Stop. F U L stop. Yeah, that always bothers me that it's just F U L. And that song is like not that great. No, it's not. No. I will uh, grant you that. Um, Guero's among my favorite Beck albums. In fact, if I'm going to listen to a Beck album right now, it, usually it would be Guero. That's what I'm saying. I, you know, speaking of that list we're going to do of albums we don't like as much as we should, honestly, Odelay has become that for me. I don't ever want to listen to it. It just, the rap rock shit, just, I don't want to hear it. I would rather hear like the singer songwritery. Beck, that's on like Guero, yep. that's on. Even though he's still doing like, like Epro is still sort of that style of like yeah, I'm lot, singing, rapping. There's sort a, of there's a lot of that. Kaon Guero is yeah. is like the kind of the rapping thing. Odile, um, I got it in my last of the three vinyl me please. Oh, things. interesting. Oh um, yeah, I noticed you had that out there. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, that. I go up for Odelay. I think that album is really, really cool. There's moments where I agree. Like, I'm not all the way in on something like High Five, More Dead Than Alive. <laughs> or, like, or like I don't even... Where It's At... Where It's At. ...has its charms to me, but it's not nearly my no. favorite on that album. My favorite on that album is stuff like The New Pollution and stuff like... Um, I really like, like Jackass mm-hmm. and... Um, and uh, that third song, Lord Only Knows, mm-hmm. and Devil's Haircut. Like, yeah, I think Devil's that Haircut's stuff really is good. awesome. Yeah. The, the narrative around that, like, I don't think that where it's at and the stuff that people, like, thought was so cool right. about that. Like, rap isn't as new to us now. <laughs> right, right. Like, back right. then, people were like, look at this guy, like, kind of rapping, <laughs> right. man. And where, like, where it's at is definitely funny. Like, the funniest thing to me about that song. And the coolest thing is like those little voices in the background. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. make it out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Uh, like there's like these voices yeah. in the background that are yeah. fun. But yeah, uh, Guero. I I would that and Sea Change are probably the ones that I would want to listen to the most. Right. And actually, uh, the uh, the one that has Loser on it. Yeah, I never got into that album all the way through. It's that good. Much. I know good it's, stuff. I know there. it's good. There's like there there's. Uh, one song early on that's name it, the name always escapes me. That's really I think it's Pay No Mind. Yeah, that song's really Pay good. No Mind's sick. Yeah. Um, I will say, dude, you should spend a little bit more time with Modern Guilt. I, I know. Mo- I have listened to Modern Guilt. It is good. I think you'd really dig it. There's yeah. cool songs on that album. Um, What's next for you? Another one for me. So yeah, I had Radiohead on mine. Here's here's one for you. This 
is an album I got way into in 2012. This was 2012 was like the first year I really went for it in terms of like I'm just gonna listen to stuff that gets like pretty good reviews. And there's this album. It's by this artist named Kathleen Edwards. I don't know if she's put anything out since then. The album's called Voyager. I think at the time she was actually dating Justin Vernon, and he's like does like some background vocals on this. I think he helped produce it. This is a great just singer songwriter album. Yeah. There's some great stuff on here. Is she the one who has that song called like New Hampshire? Am I thinking, Maybe. Or oh, that might be Sharon Van Etten. I yeah. know there's someone who has like a song on an EP or a B side that's called "Is About New Hampshire." I don't think that's her, but I. It's a good thing I introduced that in the really discussion. Enjoyed this album. No one's ever mentioned or talked about Kathleen Edwards since then, but I will still listen to this album a couple times a year. Um, my next one. Uh, and I'll keep it brief because I bring this up every time. Um, it's Aerosmith. Oh, it's, yeah. it's not for the reasons you think, though, because like I go up. I, I love rocks and I love Toys in the Attic, but those albums are considered classics. Um, I also love their first album, the self-titled Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Their second album, Get Your Wings, and their fifth album, Draw the Line, which came out after Rocks when they were like true junkies and is like yeah. definitely all over the place and a mess. But I think is is really really cool. Yeah, um, I have a couple 2013 albums as well on here. So Youth Lagoon put out Wondrous Bug House, and then Mutual Benefit put out Love's Crushing Diamond. Oh, yeah. So both of these albums got real, got critical like acclaim when they came out. No one has spoken about them since then besides me, I think. <laughs> so Wondrous Bug House... Go back and listen to that. It's really good. It's awesome. It's fucking weird, and there's wild stuff happening. I on always like that he album. Went for it on that album, and I I think most people just wanted the bedroom pop of Year of Hibernation and weren't fully prepared to embrace this very psychedelic, like crazy sound. There's still a ton of hooks on here. Awesome production. Really cool songwriting. Wondrous Bughouse does not get the attention it deserves. I go to bat for that album. I I, I really like that when it Dude, came out. Dude, go back and check that out. Dude, you know what I just... You'll appreciate it more now. You'll be like, whoa. You know what I legitimately totally fucking forgot? I interviewed that dude. You did. That's right. I, around Wondrous yeah, Bughouse. And I talked right. I talked to him about Wondrous Bughouse yeah. and the songs on it. Yeah. I was like asking him questions about like Dropla and Raspberry yeah. Cane and stuff. Dude, that, that album got like an 8-8 from Pitchfork yeah. or something crazy Great like reviews. that. Um... It might have been in the nines, actually. I think you might have been right with the 8-8. Eight, eight. Eight, eight. You could be right. I, don't I remember know. being like a little bit higher than I expected. Like really high up. But yeah. no one's talked about that since. And then same with Mutual Benefit. Like That got a Best New Music from Pitchfork that year. Um, it's kind of like this folky... It has like a bunch of strings in it. Like kind of a delicate sounding album. I love it. I listen to that album like pretty frequently. Hmm. No one ever really talks about Mutual Benefit or that album yeah. or how good it is. I got very mildly into it, but it, I did. Yeah. It never really took off for yeah. me totally. Here's a 2006 album uh, for you, Sean, or maybe yeah. 2007. Uh, Paul McCartney with the album Memory Almost Full. This is a great example of an album that's like not that great. Has a great. Like loaded first half. The yeah. first six, seven tracks on this. Have you listened to this album? I, I have. Yeah. The I've first heard it. six, seven songs on this album are like awesome yeah. and really, really great. He phones it home well on the back yeah. half of this album. Yeah. And like they're not big. Like there's songs I legitimately, and it would be hard for like me to admit this about anything Beatles. There's songs in this I don't like. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a song called Gratitude that is just. Oh, you've to, told me about that just before. Just a phone in. Yeah. It is well, a phone in. He 
has earned it. He, he can he can dude, do that. Yeah, McCartney has without a doubt earned it. The songs, uh, only monos, uh, see your sunshine, dance tonight, Mr. Bellamy. Dance tonight's amazing. Yeah, great, dude, great, great single. Mr. Bellamy is like a modern day Eleanor Rigby. Yeah, not as good as Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> right, but like, the, dude, seriously, get, like people should give those songs a look. There's some good songs. You on know this what's album. interesting. McCartney could put a song out that is technically as good or better than Eleanor Rigby now, yep, and it just wouldn't get this. the attention or any of the acclaim because he's older and he like already did it. That's what, that's exactly actually what I was just thinking. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, who's it's like say, not fair? Who's to say Mr. Bellamy isn't better right, than, this, than Eleanor be. Rigby? Yeah. Um, this is an album that's the epitome of forgotten, and it yeah. was important to me because I was of an age. It was I was like 15 when it came out. I had just gone through my huge Beatles phase. I was like, oh, Paul McCartney's putting out a new mm-hmm. album. I gotta buy it. Right. And it was really important to me, and it had like it was in commercials and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was. The, new albums by him have come out since, since, um, like new and uh, and others, and I. Uh, like it, it, this is just faded into the collective yeah. memory, and like if you look at a ranking of McCartney albums, it's like in the middle. Right, everyone puts it. Yeah, like, yeah it's like, a middling. Everyone's like, like, oh, it's pretty good for like, a late career effort. They're like, it's a solid late career right. effort by McCartney. Right, and it's they, really and funny. At the time, I was like all into it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I love it. Uh, the last one that I have on this list, this is, and I know you have a Death Cab album coming up on yours, but yep. this is a Ben Gibbard solo album I remember called, you called into this. Former Lives. I think it came out in 2013 or 2014. This is legitimately a really good album. There, Because Ben Gibbard just writes good songs. Um, did you have the chance to listen to him on Holmes, on Pete Holmes? No, on, I want to. On You Made It Weird? I, I it's need good. to. I need to. I'm, I'm going to download that and listen. But yeah, uh, Former Lives by, by Ben Gibbard is one for me that I got really into. I will still listen to certain songs from it. Again, it's one of those like forgotten solo albums from an artist you like. Um, I never listened to it, but I'm sure I would like it because yeah. I just like yeah, Ben, ben Gibbard, Gibbard in general. I'll fly through a few, and I, I just have a few more to get to. Everyone who listened to the podcast last year knows that I like Hang by Foxygen more than anyone, probably. Like, probably more than the guys in Foxygen. <laughs> um, a couple that I know apply for both of us are Manners by Passion Pit and yeah. Wolf Game Amadeus so Phoenix by Phoenix. I agree with you on uh, Manners by Passion Pit. Yeah. I think at the moment we thought it was similar to MGMT. We're like, oh, this is a huge record. Yeah, people really like Manners. They like Passion it Pit. Made it made huge, them popular. It made a huge splash, though. It did. No one, I don't think... I don't know. I don't know how people look at Passion Pit now. Uh, I don't know. I think they're looked at as like interesting, but like not totally as 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 important. Now, Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix, I think, has a little bit more cachet than that Manners album does. I think it's better, and I think it's like looked at as like a more of a quality release. That's one I think is borderline. We did get way into it, it but is... I think people are still like, oh yeah, that was a great uh, twenty like late. 2000s album. It's borderline. I agree with you. For the, I actually had that thought. The reason I included it is I think that we got so into it. And if you talk to people who have been into Passion, not Passion Pit, Phoenix for a long time, they're like, "Oh, I like like the like the late 90s, early 2000s yeah, Phoenix." Right. And it's like Wolfgang is is good, but it's right. like nothing compared to old it's Phoenix. Like, all right. And it's like all right. Uh, a couple more quick ones. And again, this is another one that's I think considered a good to great album. But I, th- I think has more. It's more important to me than albums that might be considered better. Is Dear Science by TV on the Radio? Like I don't think it's considered as good as Cookie Mountain, right? Um, and we even had a debate about we that did, at one yeah. point. More like honestly, if if I'm being honest, I would take either one. I love right. both those albums. 
I go up and 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 take Dear Science on sentimental value alone. Yeah. Now I I agree. Dear, uh, Dear Science is a great album. I do think it is slightly more important to us. This is a very good example. Yeah. Uh, where yeah, it got acclaim when it came out. No one really points to Dear Science as being like the TV on the radio album but like crying yeah um, golden age dmz or whatever that song is that was in breaking bad yeah. like there's awesome awesome songs on um, here golden age is one halfway home is really cool yeah, yeah. um stork, stork and owl. owl um that one about lover's day yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's really cool um family La- tree family tree's awesome yeah. dude it's uh, a good album Last one for me, Retrospective by Buffalo Springfield. Oh, like yeah. Their greatest big, hits. That's big, like yep. every spray. So it's coming up on that season. In April, I will be listening to yes. this album. Yes, definitely. Like a lot. Yeah, so this this is interesting. I, I think some of these on here, people will be like, oh, no. Like, I, I really like that album. We're not saying they're bad. No, we're just saying it doesn't get as much attention as maybe we give them. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, like, anyone who's listened to the podcast is like, yeah, Jake likes Buffalo Springfield and Aerosmith. <laughs> Right. He talks about it all the time. Right. Right. Like he brings it up too much. And like so these are just other examples of things right. that are like that. Um so yeah, let's run it back. Let's do albums that we don't like as much as we think we should. Yeah. But let's do it. That that'll be a good one. So let's wrap up today's episode uh with a quick release radar. So like I said at the top of the show, this is probably our biggest release week of the year so far. We have uh Lucy Dacus coming out with Historian. Titus Andronicus with A Productive Cough. Camp Cope with How to Socialize and Make Friends. The Men are coming out with another new album called Drift. They were so prolific for so long. I think they've taken a little break uh, or something. I think they put a record out in like 2016. Did they? And then they had one in 2014. They had one in 2013, 2012, 2011. They've come out with a record almost every year. You I just kind of stopped listening to them. Yeah, what happened to me with them was the Ty Siegel effect then, I yeah, guess. Because yeah. it's like I, would, I saw a new Men album and I was like, oh, I still have to catch up on the last two. You know what? The, the, like, the, I think I stopped around that one that was called like New Moon. Yeah, me too. That's the last one I listened to. I don't even remember if I listened to that one or not. I listened to that. was the last one I I listened heard. to Open Your Heart a lot and whatever yep. that next one was. That one? I listened to some of the first one. What The next one was New Moon. Was it? It was. It had like an orange cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the next one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the case. Um, I also just, I don't love them as much as I feel like I should. No, I never have either. Uh, but they're coming out with a new one, and then this band Soccer Mommy, hey, continuing dude. the trend of, you know, insert name, insert like something dad, something mom here. Mom I'll accept, dad I'll accept, mommy and daddy. No. Get the Get fuck out. Out of here with that. Yeah. Dude, it stresses me out how uncomfortable it makes uh, me. I've been hearing like a little bit of buzz about this, though, so cool. I guess it's pretty good. I like won't say they're... It makes me uncomfortable to say mommy. <laughs> it's like saying jammies. <laughs> Jake just like gagged in the, in the studio. Uh, which of these albums are you most excited for, Jake? Is it Soccer Mommy? <laughs> I don't know a fucking thing about that. <laughs> no. Um, you know their band name sucks. Um, the one I'm most excited for, honestly, is uh, Lucy Dacus, historian. I so while I like Titus Andronicus and Camp Cope more, I'm like I think I'm most excited for Lucy Dacus too because I I think this Titus Andronicus album that's coming is like going to be a lesser. It's a lesser them. release, I think. It's just kind of how it's been presented, which is fine. I'm still excited to listen to it. And um, I'm just—I think I'm feeling more of a Lucy Dacus sound than Camp Cope at this moment. Even though, like, that's a—that's a 
big day those three albums like, that's huge and i really liked that lucy Dacus single she put out yeah. a couple weeks ago i don't even remember the name now i don't remember there either. were a couple there's like a yeah, couple yeah, yeah, singles yeah. that are out people go listen to them they're really really cool she's yeah. trying cool and everything stuff. i've been hearing about this album is it's really good stereo gum named it their album of the week so. hell yeah yeah um yeah it should be a big leap from her so i'm most excited yeah, for that me and, too. And, and um camp cope would actually be second yeah, I, I think that's the case for me too. And like I said, as much as I love Titus, I, I just know it's a little, it's presented as a little bit of a lesser release. Yeah. So the, the reason for Camp Cope is like, I I didn't like their first album as much as you did. I definitely right. enjoyed it and had and had right. some good listens to it. My, but I really like the two things they've released from this mm-hmm. so far: the opener and how to socialize and make friends. Mm-hmm. How to Socialize and Make Friends, I've listened to a lot. I yeah. really like that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think these are both going to be. Good. So I'm looking so. forward to it. Cool. Uh, other than that, I think that's it. We got Atlanta coming back this Hell week, yeah. actually. Are you caught up on the show? I watched the entire show in like two days this week. Really, so really quick. Awesome. How good is that show? Fucking awesome. You know what character I actually love, who I didn't think I was going to at the start, is the friend, like Paperboy's friend, who's always like around. I love that guy. Everyone loves that character. Love that. And him. I did too. He's my favorite he character. He just seems like a nice dude. He's my favorite character. He's in Get Out. Yes, he is. He's the one who gets kidnapped at the beginning. Favorite episode for me, the drug testing one. That one was awesome. Dude, like where she she yes. like, takes the baby's diaper and Dude. rings the pee out of it. Oh Yes, that was fantastic. The one that is basically like a parody of like the TV show or whatever that Paperboy yes. goes on. And then it has the commercials. I didn't realize for the first commercial segment that, th- that they were doing... That that's what they were doing? I was like, huh. I was like, I've never seen a commercial for like malt liquor before. That's really weird. And then the other one, I was like, this seems like a, it was like the Dodge commercial. I was like, huh. Like, that's kind of weird. And I was like, you seem to be very black-centric commercials. I was like, oh, yeah. they must just be targeting like the, the audience of Atlanta. I was like, and then they made it really obvious the next time around. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. And I was like, that's fucking genius. Yeah, dude, that show's incredible. I'm so, I'm really yeah. looking forward to the new season. Me too. Uh, yeah, great show. Oscars, Atlanta, big albums, a lot of media coming out. I'm excited. Life's starting to come together it in is. March. It is. Yeah, weather's a little bit nicer, staying lighter out a little bit later. I have a fucking blizzard next Feeling week. good. Yeah, probably will. Yeah, probably will. Uh, see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Oscars are this weekend. Oh shit! Yeah. On Sunday, what? For okay, what do you think is going to win Best Picture? What would be your pick to win Best Picture? Because those are two different answers. Mm, uh, what do I think is going to win? Remind me some of the so there's Shape of Water, there's Get Out, there's um, Three Billboards, Dunkirk, uh, Phantom Thread, Lady Bird, Lady Bird. My what I would want to win would be Lady Bird or Get Out. What I think will win. I honestly think Best Picture is like kind of wide open. I think Get Out might win. Weirdly. I really hope it does. That'd be awesome. Like, I actually think it might. Um, yeah. I, I, maybe three billboards. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that's going uh, to. That one feels like the one that would win. Those were my favorites, though. Lady Bird and Get Out. 
I yeah. I'm gonna throw Phantom Thread in that conversation oh, too. Shit. I, I yeah, loved, I, I, I loved even, Phantom Thread. I actually don't know that I realized that's not like I don't feel like that's gonna win. Was that nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, I don't oh, think it's gonna win. That's right in that category with me for my favorites. Uh, won't, I don't think it will I, win. I really like Dunkirk too. I've I've seen varying takes on Dunkirk. I've had really some people say Dunkirk. it's their favorite movie of the year. I've had other people. I've heard other people be like, eh, it was like decent, but not great." I love. I really movie. liked it. Those four: Dunkirk, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, and Get Out are my four. If any of those win, I'll be happy. I will be super disappointed if uh, Shape of Water wins. Yep. Because I didn't even see it, and I don't want to see it. Call Me by Your Name, kind of the same deal. I think that got nominated. It did. And. Um, Three um, billboards. Three. If three billboards wins, I'll be like, okay, I enjoyed it. It was fine. It. I. It, I didn't think it was great though. I right. Like, I don't. No. Much better movies out there. I don't know that I like loved that movie. No. I. I would say I pretty much loved Lady Bird and Get Out. Dunkirk, I really, really liked, and Phantom Thread, I loved. Yeah. Phantom Thread was awesome. Phantom. Yeah. It's it really great. weird. I really also want to rewatch The Master, dude. I do too. That I do too. Movie is really cool. We should. And then yeah, and watch the master. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, does Daniel Day win Best Actor? Kind of by default, almost. Because when Are you just gonna give him a fourth, when you I don't know because I think and I don't even really know who else got nominated. Oh, like fucking Gary Oldman for that Winston Churchill. He's always nominated for some. If you if you movie. put like makeup on, you're gonna get nominated for an Oscar. I don't think you should win for that. Daniel Day was amazing. And there's that factor where like he helped write the character. Yeah. It helped create it yeah. with PTA, which is like it should be almost its own category. Right. Um Yeah, man, I that movie was so cool and really weird too. Super which weird. Which is just like that's Paul Thomas Anderson right. defined. I think less weird than The Master. I gotta rewatch The Master. Because I don't, there's so many details I don't remember. I don't think I was like quite old enough or good enough at watching movies yet to really understand like what that was all about. No, I don't know that I fully appreciate. I don't know that I fully understood it. Yeah, I think that, but I left feeling this like slight. I was like, that was really good. I don't know fully why. Right. It's the same feeling you get when you listen to an album the first time where you're like, that was difficult. You're like, I know I like that. Yeah. I know it challenged me. Yep. I don't like get it yet. Right. But I'm interested in exploring that mm-hmm. like mood some more. It, the master is the kind of film that makes you better at watching films. Yeah, it, it it's like an iron sharpens iron kind of thing. It's really really good. Like yeah. you know how like Radiohead made us better music listeners. Basically, yeah. like yeah. it's it's kind of like that. We're well, like, oh, this is weird. When in reality, it's like it's probably pretty palatable. You just gotta like expand your your palette. Your pa- yeah, your you mind need a palette a expander. Bit. Exactly. <laughs> no, not what that is. Um, there will be blood. Is similar. It is yeah. a challenge. Yeah. It's more accessible, but like really though, it's not that accessible. It's, not, it's, it's a weird it's movie. Also weird. It's really really long. Yeah. It's entirely it's a character study. It's dense. It's dark. It doesn't have a like point in quotes. Right. Like in terms of right. like there are themes. It's right. like literature. Yeah, PTA true. Like reading literature. Yes, it's 100%. like you're not going to leave being like, "Oh, the point of that movie was like Daniel Day Lewis needed to accomplish this thing. These were the challenges, right. and this is how he overcame it, right. and it's this triumph." No, like not. he's just like kind of a shitty dude who takes advantage of a lot of people. To what end? Right, right. Drinking, awesome. drinking milkshakes. Dude, um, that movie's so good. I'm finished. So I, I really need to rewatch. It's been years. 
Uh, final thought, are you going to watch the Oscars? I love watching the Oscars. It's the one award show I go out of my way to watch. It's such a cultural moment. Yeah. And I think it's a big time social media Twitter night where like everyone is watching it in some way. I think I'll watch it too. Weirdly, last year I didn't. I don't know really? why. Well, we were at the house. And right. I like... That was already, what, late February, March, and we mm. left in April? So, like, I was at the point where I was like, ah, I don't feel so much like being in the living room. Yeah. I just kind of want to be in my room. I watched, I think it was, like, pretty much just me watching it, maybe. Were you with McGregor? I think so. Interesting. No. Uh, yeah. I don't really remember. I... I don't fully remember. I think I was watching it in the living room, though. Yeah, I... We were... Mary-Kate and I, I just think I remember we were upstairs in our room, and I was just, like... Fucking around, following it on Twitter, not really watching it. Right. I do like the Oscars, though. I, I, yeah. I at least find them interesting. Yeah. I, I don't, if it makes sense, believe the myth of them as much anymore. Right. Like, there's a part of me where I'm like, okay, like, they, they fuck up a lot. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, no, because they get it wrong a lot of the time. Yeah, and it, I think everyone kind of knows well, that. Well, it's like, and the idea of, like, picking a best is, it's, it's you can't do it. Because it's, like, yeah. what's wrong? Like, right. yeah, you might get it wrong. But the reason it's wrong to me is maybe not the same reason it's wrong to you. Yeah. Like, it, you yeah. might think Get Out should have won. I might think Lady Bird should have won. And if The Shape of Water wins, neither of us are happy. Right. But neither of us is right. Correct. Uh, yeah, I do remember watching that whole debacle with the the envelope and things like that. I just don't quite remember where. That's such a great Twitter moment. Oh, and like, so cause good. I was just, I was like scrolling Twitter and then all of a sudden I started seeing it like blow up. Yeah. And you know the feeling like when you when you're... You're like reloading it, and the feed just yes. is long. Yeah, yeah. And it's like all the same yep. shit. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Tw- seriously, there's no replacing Twitter. Is the best for that. It is so good for that. And like Facebook, fucking figures it out Monday morning. F- yeah, and and it's, it's all, all the same memes. It's and- all old bad takes from dumb people making like the same jokes that funnier people already made other places. I was and saying it's not in any chronological order, so you can't even really follow it. I was saying the other. The algorithm on Facebook, Facebook fucking sucks, dude. It, it it does, and I was saying the other day, um, based on recent events, um, you should have to pass a fucking exam yeah. to be able to use Seriously. Facebook because people use it irresponsibly. They, they ruin it. Yeah, they like not only ruin it and make it like lame, but also like do irresponsible things from like a a, a personal social responsibility. <laughs> yeah, they do. They standpoint. totally do. They do. Seriously, it's, like, it's dangerous. It is dangerous, yeah. and the way the algorithm works, privacy is out the fucking window oh, now yeah. because like you can be like someone who's your friend can have a post that implicates you in some way. And then all of a sudden, it's like everyone who you're friends with, even if there's no connection between them, they now see that. Yeah. It comes into everyone's feed. You're right. So if it's anything embarrassing, if it's anything, yeah. like, it, everyone notices it. It's fucked up, man. Dude, the, yeah, the, I, I might hop off Facebook. I, I we were talking about this a little I bit before we started recording. I, I'm going to hop off. Because what, what I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to delete my account. I've made the slow but steady steps to going there. Like, for example, like I don't have the app on my phone anymore. I don't either. I haven't had it for months. Me neither. And when I check it, it's just through Safari. Yeah. I just will be like, and it makes that yeah. extra little bit of yes. effort where I'm like, fuck, Facebook. And then it makes me think like, why are you even looking at this? Like, yep. you went out of your way to look at this dumb shit. Yep. I still have it, like, bookmarked on my, my like, Chrome. Yep. I got to just ditch that. Because every time I go on, I'm like, oh, I'll just see if I have a notification. And it's always some dumb notification. They keep they hook you with that, though. Seeing the notification there, no matter how pointless it is, you're like, oh, what's this? Well, now notifications, it's never anything. No, it's like someone's interested in an event near you. I'm like, I don't give up. 
fuck? Like, I don't give a shit. That I'm not interested in any events. No. Ever. I And then the only people who post, none of my friends actually post. This is exactly what my point was going to be. The problem with Facebook is like, Everyone who's on Facebook that is smart enough to understand Facebook yes. doesn't post on Facebook. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. you look at Facebook and it's all the fucking yeah. dummies yeah. who are like who are like just writing the dumbest shit. Yeah. That's not true in every case. No. Not everybody who posts it on Facebook, but like a lot of the people who like get the the foibles that you can f- come upon on Facebook, like get like it's not worth posting. Yeah. Like, when was the last time you posted, like, a status? So long. It's been, like... Other than, like, sharing a link to this oh, podcast. Oh, it's been years, Me too. I think. I think the years. last one was, like, in 2011 when I wrote a, a, a yeah. thing about Paul Pierce. Yeah. Leaving the Celtics. That, was that 2011? 2013? 13. Or 14, I think. 13 makes sense. Because we still made that run in 13 against the Heat. Yeah. In Lost. In 7. We almost got back to the finals that year. I thought that was 10. No, they went to the finals. That was okay. thirteen. That was okay. that was like everyone was over the hill. You're like, how are we doing this? We were up it was, three two on the heat. It was when Rondo was like carrying. Rondo was the guy on that team. Yeah, he was he was, sick, he was like dude. the best player in that series. And then remember, Dwayne Wade like broke his arm or something. I forgot all about that. Like he fell. I don't. I don't. I know for five. a fact I was in college when that happened. I thought that was more like eleven or twelve. But I, I again, I could. No, it was thirteen. Okay. Was, yeah, it was thirteen. I remember that. No, was there a game where Rondo? Had like, uh, no, it was twelve. You're right. Okay. It was twenty twelve. Wasn't there a game where Rondo had like fucking forty points? Yeah. Oh yeah, and like twenty assists, and like nine steals. That dude, I, I it sucks that he didn't like I do know. more. I know. He had like he was starting to have the the look of like. Top 25, 30 guy. I know. Maybe when it was all said and done, given the way he was performing on yeah. the highest stage. He was great. Didn't pan out. No. He you, like, know, you know what it came down to is he's like too weird. He is weird. He's kind of a malcontent. He's a malcontent. Um, and he's like strange. I think he's hard to get along with. He likes to he's, do things his way. He's a bad hang. He's a bad hang. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he had like a two-year apex. Apex Mountain. Yeah. Well, and he was like decent. And also, dude can't shoot. No, and the NBA. Well, he was the last. He like those last those two years were like the last couple years where you could be that kind of player where you didn't have to have a jump shot. Well, like ben the NBA Simmons, changed. Though. Although they've been Simmons, who's well, like taken over. Easy though. Like I, I think he's really I, fucking. He's I, almost an all star. I think the criticism with him is like he can't shoot. Yeah, like that it. is a. Like, people always said, Rondo, oh, he can't shoot, but he made up for it in other ways. You have to be able to shoot down, especially if you're a point guard. Wait, right, and it's like what people are saying about Simmons, too, is he's an elite passer. Right. And scorer, I think. And he'll traffic. get to the rim. It's like... Although, I'm going to be honest with you, dude, like, I, I, I couldn't, like, tell you really what his game looks like. I haven't watched a lot of Simmons. He's kind of like, picture LeBron, but, like, without the perimeter play, like, at all. Like, he just basically stays, like... Have you had the chance to watch him? I, I've seen a few games, yeah. Yeah. I have not. Um, and are you playing the Cavs tonight? Celts are? Uh, oh, Sixers. The, oh, the Sixers are. Yeah. I, Sixers are like a cool team. Joel Embiid, Ben yeah, Simmons. Dude, like, Embiid is cool, Embiid's man. awesome. I really like him. Even from the little bit of the All-Star game I got to watch, I was like, was, oh, shit. He was sick. Like, this dude's like... He's playing really well. He's, he's balling out. Yeah. You yeah. know, as I always say about dude, the myself, NBA... is great. He's in a great it's, spot. It's, it's great right now. Great, great spot. Um... Legitimately, I think it's like the best league for quality. Agreed. The NFL's quality is not great. It has and dipped considerably. I'm certainly not saying that because the Patriots lost the Super Fuck Bowl. Fuck no. Because, like, honestly, the fact the Patriots are in it is the only reason I even stay engaged. Oh, with me the NFL. too. 
NFL Although is I going like... the way of Facebook, where all the dummies are the ones who like are very engaged, and all the smarter people are like, eh, is this really this? Oh, it's like, like the th- I. St- but the problem is, like, I still watch like all the Patriots games. Uh, uh I skipped a lot this year. I missed most of a lot of the games, actually. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, and the, I don't mean to say that if you watch the NFL, you're dumb. No, I watch the NFL. That's not the case. I'm saying that, like, the Super Bowl is a great you game. You need to be aware of the downsides of the NFL. Yeah, it's fucking flawed, dude. It's like, yeah. it's, it's hurting people really bad. Right. Like, it's, it's right. really bad for people. Right. Like, a lot of the, <laughs> right. these, dude, all these guys are, like, promising athletes who are just going to, like, die young because of brain injury. Yeah. And, like, maybe kill people on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, like, can't cope. Right. And have crushing depression and anger issues that they can't control now. But, you know, if the owners can make a buck. Dude. And it's like, and I watch the Super Bowl, and, like, I'm, I'm a fucking, I can't, I can't even help it. Like, I was sitting oh, there during the Super Bowl, actively nervous. Yeah. And, like, really engaged yeah. in the game. Yeah. And, like, not talking that much. Right. And, like, hoping the Pats would pull it out. Well, I mean, dude, it's still a sport that, like, I is know. entertaining. I know, and... but what I'm speaking to is it's so crazy, our brain's capacity to hold two different I things know. so strongly. I, I know. I know. Because, like, my I, one part of me is, like, this all doesn't matter, is stupid, is, like, borderline evil because it's just selling and mm-hmm. making money for really rich people at the expense of these young dudes mm-hmm. who... Like, yeah, and, like, here's the thing is, like, people say, like, oh, they have the free will. They can play. They're making money. It's like, yeah, dude, but, like, you there's – a, there's a responsibility thing about that. If you're offered millions of dollars right. to do this thing, what are you going to do? I would like, go fucking do it. I'd yeah, go play and get my brain bashed me in. Me too. Like, sure. Anyone would because you – there's so much pressure from everyone in your life being like, yeah. Well, you because it's not, it's not you just you you need to think about. It's your family. It's your family. Your future family. It's it's a life changing, generation changing opportunity. Right. So and it yeah. makes me sad when I watch it because I see these yeah. guys and I'm like you, like many of you, your life will be right. like kind of fucked up. Yeah. Because of this sport. Yeah. What an odd way we went with that. Very strange. Jeez. We went I, from I, Oscars I, talk to NBA to and it, it, the NFL. ills of the NFL. I in no way did I expect to be talking about the NFL today. No, me neither. No. Which is weird. Yeah, me neither. Well, let's dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, all right, ready. Three, two, one. 